Today's episode, a very special one, episode 100 of the Lifestyle Chase. Look how far we've come. Take a moment to uh, check out an old episode after this one's done, just to kind of see all the different people that I've gotten to share time with, every last one of them, each of them special in their own way. Today's episode was with Carter Good, and if you haven't heard of him, I encourage you to look him up right away. He's had his own weight loss journey of about 145 pounds, which is no small feat. That's huge. And he's had plenty of mountains that he's had to conquer, metaphorical mountains, of course, and tons of victories and come a long way in his career and still has a long way that he can go yet. We talked about some of his big goals for 2020 in growing his his online business. We talked about some things that have have made him feel self-conscious. We've talked about times when he had to follow his intuition with uh, choosing school or choosing a career. We've talked about uh, just, you know, like finding finding time to be social and finding that balance and understanding our strengths playing off those and acknowledging our weaknesses and diversifying our skills and what we do for work and trying new things, being passionate about things outside of fitness and finding the things that we need to make our day into our day, that whole journaling, that self-reflection, that reading books, all of those things. If, if you enjoy Carter Good or if you enjoy anything that I just mentioned, you should definitely check this out. Please share it on social media and without further ado, enjoy welcome to the lifestyle chase season two this podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health wellness friends and family i'm your host chris little let's get started the lifestyle chase is brought to you by yeg fitness yeg fitness is edmonton alberta canada's healthy lifestyle community creating and supporting active living for all Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. So welcome to episode 100 of the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by Carter Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I didn't realize I was episode 100. Yeah, I saved I this like, I just like I for you. <laughs> I should have like brought like a... Like I feel like one of those like confetti guns or something. Or like one of those like gold balloon things. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you well. deserve it. Oh well, next time. <laughs> so, how are you doing today? Like, what? What? How did you start your morning? Man, uh, today specifically. So, um, my girlfriend trains um, like three to four mornings every week um, in person. So we have to get up crazy early, like uh, four forty-five a.m., um, just so that she can like get ready and get to the get to her gym before her training at six. And so. Typically on most mornings, I'm like waking up at 4.45 and um, I like to start my morning sort of like reading and coffee, kind of just doing my own thing, like unplugged. Um, so I did that again today, but it was a little bit later today. So I think we woke up at like seven or something um, just to get to eight hours. And so uh, same routine I always follow, just a little bit later in the day. Well, that makes sense. And like that, that's very realistic. A lot of people kind of have like that early one day, take it easy the other day. Yeah. So I'm going to get you to sort of get a little bit self-reflective here. Um, what's a person's first impression of you today? Like, how would you describe it? Like, what would they describe you as? Man, yeah, that is. Let me think. 
I would say, um, man, I don't even, I'm not even sure. Um, I, I get a lot of times, which is funny because it's, it's probably a little bit different than my actual true characteristic. Um, a lot of times people think that I'm very, just very like talkative whenever they like meet me in person. Um, and, and the talkative thing could be correct, but, uh, it's funny cause I'm definitely like a introverted, uh, kind of stay in my own cubby kind of person. What about like uh, physical appearance and stuff? Cause like, we're, we're going to get to a point that I want to remind listeners of, but like today, how you are now, um, mm-hmm. how would people describe you physically? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, in shape, Sweet. I mean, I'm not like walking down the street and people are like, Whoa, that guy works out, but uh, I definitely just like in shape for sure. And like, what? How do you? How do you describe yourself? Like, some of us have our self talk, and it's like we're we're thinking of our strongest characteristics or the things about ourselves that we're the most proud of. What are the things that stand out for you? Mm-hmm. Would you say still physically, or just like as like a person? Anything, anything that comes to mind. Gotcha. Um, I would say very loyal. Um, very like hardworking and very good at creating systems and routines. I like that. All right. And then we hop in the time machine 10 years back. What was life like for you then? What was first impressions? How did you talk about yourself? So 10, man, I would probably wasn't even thinking about how I would do that. But honestly, I would say um, back then, at least I'd, I'd probably say like, I felt like I was smarter than everyone else in the room, just being honest. Like, probably had a little bit of, like, a not knowing that I probably wasn't, but just, like, always thought that, like, oh, yeah, I think definitely than everyone else here. Um, I would say uh, pleasure-seeking in terms of, like, always was thinking about when I was done with school or when I was done with something so I could play video games. Um, I would say those are, like, two of the bigger ones that come to mind. Okay. And, like, uh, so... You lost a considerable amount of weight. Do you feel like the video games correlated with that? Or was there something else that led into that that weight gain for you? Yeah, for me, it's like obvious. And it's funny. It's one of those things you can look back and be like, of course, that was it in the moment. Like, I would have never said this was the reason. Um, But like, I struggled just for anyone like listening. Like, I've lost like a lot of weight, like over 145 pounds um, at one point. But um for me, I had always struggled with my weight, but I gained a lot of weight going right into high school, and it coincided right whenever my parents separated, um, which was at the beginning a pretty nasty divorce. Um, it ended up actually being – it's funny because like nowadays I always joke with both my parents like, man, this is like so much better. You guys are both way happier like with the people you're with now, like way more compatible. And so, But back then, um, I would say that definitely played a big role into um, that's, that weight gain. Okay. And like, uh, was it just like you would get home from school and just like eat or, or like what, what kind of, how did it go? That's typically for me, I did a lot of, um, I wouldn't say like secret. It wasn't like uh, secret snacking or, or anything like that. But for me, it was definitely like after school and it also, so the, the whole time when I gained weight actually, uh, met up perfectly when I got my license. And so I had this freedom of like doing whatever I wanted. And so for me, it was like after school, I was like taking my friends to fast food places or I was coming home and um, eating just like like snacking and watching 
uh, Netflix or playing video games, but before dinner. So really that time between like 3 p.m. until like 7 p.m. was whenever I uh, get a lot of my snacking in. And honestly, like when I learned that about you, it's very relatable for me. I wouldn't say that I ever got to the same weight or that I lost the same weight but I had a lot of those same habits and with very different reasons. It's just honestly like you just get into these routines where either you're unhappy with your marks or there's something that's troubling you and you know that there's granola bars or pudding cups in in the house and so you go eat them up or you know that there's like a really convenient place to like even in my uh, when I was like 20 to 23 or 24 like pizza when i was living in the city i could just order pizza all the time yeah and then i i had to sort of rewire how how that worked um and you've gained a lot of like this is basically what you do now is you've uh created systems that work for other people what what is your your best advice having lived the life that you've lived for people that are trying to get away from that that snack behavior or that uh just things go wrong and you just go for food situation. Uh Oh, you paused. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. I I heard you though. Um, so, so what you said, um, you know, I actually would take it back a step because I wouldn't even talk to that person necessarily about like implementable strategies yet. Um, I would definitely first dive into, uh, mentality, especially, I, I think this is a really big one is, people need to be able to like forgive themselves and like be okay. Like it's okay that things have gotten to this point. Like it's not that like, I think a lot of people feel like they're like lost in this, in the moment of it. Right. And they're so far gone and they're just like, you know, I've done all this for so long and they feel a little bit guilty about it and they feel embarrassed about it. And so like putting an effort to fix it only constantly reminds them of the mistakes that they've kept making. So my biggest step, uh, piece of advice for anyone in that beginning stage of like wanting to make these changes is to first like recognize that like like it's not your fault, right? It is your responsibility now, but it's not your fault. And and I always like to tell people, you know, it's very easy. I mean, it's, you're you're in this environment that is sort of driven to create that type of result. It's very very easy to overconsume. It's very very easy to underexercise and not move. And um, it's like it's funny because it's like with evolution of like human beings, it's almost like you know we've evolved faster than like our biology in terms of like food's no longer an issue. You don't even have to look for it. It's everywhere. And so um, I think just starting with it, realizing that it's not like your problem is not it's it's a serious problem but it's not like this like unique embarrassing problem to you right and and so um, i always start there because i think once you become aware of that um it sets you up to have more um more of an opportunity to take ownership uh and and take control of things that makes sense and it's uh it kind of correlates with that whole self-talk thing like not being so harsh on ourselves that we handcuff ourselves into making progress yeah, exactly. Um, agree. Would you have ever predicted that you would be in this line of work with what you were focused on in high school? Like you were feeling like a fairly like you kind of described yourself as an academic from what I could from what mm-hmm. I could gather. What was your uh, what was your career path? What did you think you were going to do? Yeah. So um, honestly, in high school, I had zero idea. Um, I didn't have any idea of what I would move towards. Um, and I actually didn't even really start to think. I actually, I'll, I'll take that back. There was like 
the typical, um, I was thinking about like nursing and, and stuff like that. Uh, that was a popular major for people to go into from my school um, that and a lot of my friends did. Um, but because um, I really started to get into fitness in high school, I already was starting to think about those paths going into um, university. And so like the, some of the, the basic paths I was thinking through initially before like actually running my own business was um, like physical therapy, um, diet, like dietetics, um, like RN type of, uh, or I'm sorry, RD, like a registered dietitian type of route. Um, just like general health uh, fields are kind of what I was moving towards whenever I was in college. And what would you say was like the, the TSN turning point for like what mm-hmm. geared you towards the path that you took? Like, was it somebody that influenced you? Was it a major moment in your life? Yeah. So it's actually um, at the time. So I was like living alone in my own apartment, um, working for my stepdad and going to school full time. And um, I started to get really into like certain bloggers, uh, like like fitness bloggers who were putting out information and like selling like programs and everything. And um, I actually had joined like this small group, which was basically you paid a certain amount and like they taught you how to start to make side income from blogging. Um, So I was in this group and one thing led to another and they reached out to this group um, for like this opportunity to move down to to Florida. So I'm in in Ohio. Um, I was actually in West Virginia at the time, which is kind of like a yeehaw state in the United States. But uh, um, I was there at the time and got the opportunity to move to Florida and work with this um, company that did a lot of marketing. Um, and so I kind of switched gears and going into that uh, major or sorry, going into that um, internship, I guess you could call it. Uh, I had learned a ton about like email marketing and copywriting and um, like just blogging and, and content creation and, and a lot of that because I was like behind the scenes working for the company. So um, I'd say that's definitely what first put me on the path of like realizing how things work and how you could theoretically create your own business. And like, it's cool because a lot of us have like prior job experience, like anybody in the fitness industry generally has worked a lot of jobs that are completely unrelated to fitness. And then in some way it's sort of uh, tied back in and helped us out more. Are there any other jobs that Mm -hmm. you've done where you've realized that it helped you become a better like coach or just a better like, role model for people? I, mean, I wouldn't say there's a job that I've worked that has done that necessarily. I do think I've worked jobs that have taught me work ethic um, and, and like in myself, which I think plays a role into like creating consistency with your content, which then delivers into becoming a better coach because you work hard at becoming a better coach. Um, whenever I worked for my stepdad, uh, working full time. So I was going to school full time and I was working for him basically full time. And it was a job that you basically controlled your own schedule. And so with it, I had, uh, two days off from school each week and I would get, I would work from sun up until literally it was too dark, uh, with the job I had to like take pictures of like these vacant houses. And so it would get so dark that you couldn't actually take pictures anymore. Um, and so I think I learned a lot about just actually what it means to, to work hard each day like at something to, to get it done, um, which I think obviously has transcended into um, a lot of like what has been successful for me with coaching and uh, with helping other people. And that's great because it segues into a topic that I think is important to talk about. You're good at working hard. A lot of fit pros are good at working hard, especially in the online space. How mm-hmm. do you uh, 
how do you make it so that you still have your sanity so that you still have like that personal uh personal time and just that ability to know who you are mm -hmm. and not just know what your work is yeah i would say two things well first that this has been something that I've had to develop a lot more recently because for a large portion of my business, I was single. I had friends, but not a lot of friends. My friends also worked a lot. So it was not, um, it wasn't like this weird, like, dude, you don't want to come hang out with us. Like it's like, no, everyone's working tonight. So it's no big deal. Um, so for a while it really wasn't an issue. It was just kind of the world I was in, but then starting to date uh, my girlfriend, Kaylin and, and, and honestly just be, you know, realizing that that's just going to burn me out long term. Um, two big things have really helped for me. One is scheduling. Um, and so I'm very diligent like about making sure that I, I know how I work best and I know how I operate. I'm not a night owl. And so I never put myself in a situation to have to work at night. Um, you know, maybe once every month I have to finish something, but it's very, very rare. And if I have to finish something at night, it means that I did something wrong during the day. Like something went off plan. So I'm really big about scheduling um, each day and like, having a to-do list, um, essentially. And the other thing is, and this is something I've actually started to do more recently in the last couple of months, is operate from a, from a no. Um, basically assuming instead of being the, the yes person who will say yes to literally everything, coffee date, this, 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 this. I'm now turning into a no person in terms of, hey, like I would love to get coffee, but I don't get coffees Monday through Thursday. I only get coffee on Friday morning. And so if that works, awesome. Because Monday through Thursday, I, I work during those hours. And so I'm not going to break that up, right? Uh, it's the same actually thing with, with podcasts. Typically, I know we're making this one up because I had my moment where I almost died and revived. But like typically with podcasts, even though I, I only do them on certain days of the week um, because for that reason, because I have to be protective of my energy and my time. And, and it's not that I don't want to do those things for people, but if I don't, then I don't get done what I want to get done, which then makes me a worst person whenever I am, you know, outside of working. Whenever I stop working, I want to stop thinking about work. I don't want to be thinking about, I didn't finish this. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Like I want to be totally present in whatever I'm doing. And so that's those two things, scheduling and being very, very protective of my time with saying yes and no have been probably two of the biggest game changers. I like that. And it's so true. Like just to have our boundaries and especially that point that you talked to about like when you're done with your fitness <coughs> stuff, you don't necessarily want to talk about more fitness stuff. So like, yeah. what is your, your non-work things that you do to fill your cup, to fill your bucket? Yeah, I, um, I really enjoy reading um, in any form. Um, I'm also a huge, like, I love, like, things that come along with, like, connoisseur type of activities. So, like, coffee. I'm a really big fan of, like, you know, pour over coffee, single origin, like coffee beans you get from like one farmer, you know, not like Starbucks crap, right, that people drink. It's um, same thing with like, it's funny because it's like with fitness, it's the opposite. Like I love wine. I love like the whole thought process behind wine and like why it's art, like the art, like the artist side of wine of how it's created and everything. And even with like cocktails too. Um, I've always really big, been big. I'm enjoy learning um and so for me it is leisurely to either read or i love like documentaries um and and stuff like that so typically my free time revolves around like reading learning something or spending time communicating with friends or spending time with kaylin i love it in yeah. in your career so far what's your moment when you've doubted yourself the most and how did you overcome it 
Um, I would say probably honestly, uh, like in this like season of my business right now, um, cause I'm making one of the bigger switches that I've made since, you know, I've always done one-on-one coaching. Um, and I still do one-on-one coaching, but I am putting a lot of effort into creating a coaching membership. And so basically just changing models around, which has involved dropping off with clients and not taking on new clients, making less money and to invest more time into this thing. That's also an unknown. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it's sustain, like what's sustainable about it. And so uh, funny enough, I think it's like this moment that I'm in right now. I love it. And it's so mm-hmm. honest and, and real, but like when we're going into things, we never know. We just have to mm-hmm. have that, that faith and that uh, just that yeah. stick to itiveness. So like, yeah. what is it, for you that uh inspires that faith in yourself what gives you that confidence to start each day as like a a self-employed individual man i would say because honestly it's it's funny because i always tell people like i'm i I don't have very many entrepreneurial traits um like i i joke around and i say like i would be the best widget maker and like mr widgets widget factory um, I'm not very like quick start. I'm not very like head in the clouds, like coming up with thousands. Like that's how like my girlfriend Kaylin is. Like she's like, she can come up with 15 ideas a day of like different things that she wants to do. And I'm just like, I could, how do you even think of one of those things? Um, and, and so sometimes that's what stresses me out is like not like being someone who's constantly, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, but I think what keeps me grounded is the, is it kind of goes back to the, the fact of knowing what my strengths are. So my strength isn't necessarily um, quick start in terms of there's this test called the Colby. So I'm using these terms that this test uses. But one of the, the, the terms is a quick start, which means like you have this idea and you can get started with that idea pretty quickly. Um, but the opposite of that idea is a follow through. And so I'm the type of person who somebody will come to me and say, I have these 15 ideas. And I'll be like, OK, cool. Three of those ideas are actually do, like realistic. Um, and one of those ideas we can actually start doing right now and I'm actually going to do it and I'm going to finish it, for, you know? So I'm, that's, I think my, one of my skills is being able to just get things done, like, like keep moving the needle, not let things, you know, fall to the wayside and finish them. And so I think it's the more I like re- rely back on what I know I do best, um, and put myself in a situation to, to really succeed with what I do best, then that kind of keeps me grounded and, and calm in, in what I'm doing. I like that. And it kind of, it's something that I've heard a few times. So it's just good that everything kind of, uh, when you hear like five people say the same thing, then you Mm -hmm. know, it's gotta be a good thing. When you tell, when you hear people say like, play to your strengths, um, find the things that you're good at and do more of those things, then that's great. So with, uh, with just how, how you, uh, overcame things, when you were heavier when you were like 140 pounds heavier versus how you overcome things today is there any differences or is it all about the same and you're just kind of in a different body you know it's i think that it's honestly probably very very similar um i think because even whenever i was overweight like i always tell people you gotta remember i was not really doing a lot of things in my life. Like, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. I was in high school, but I didn't play sports. I didn't have a job. I was just kind of like, I can do whatever the heck I wanted, honestly. So I never got really put to the test. I would think, though, that something that's changed a lot for me is, um, and this has actually probably been the change that's happened more recently even, is to get away from trying to like 
change things about myself that I don't like, uh, like characteristics about myself, and more look at it as is this just the kind of is this just the way that I think? So I'll give you a great example here because it'll probably make have it all make sense. Is I'm just kind of naturally a pessimistic person, um, you know, and I. So I, I can like look at the worst in something and like that, it makes me feel like the worst that could happen is this. And if I'm okay with that, then I'm good to go. Um, whereas people who are more optimistic, which tend to be most entrepreneur people that I'm surrounded with, like they don't want to hear what's to happen. And I think that generally that's a really good mindset to have. And for me, I was always discouraged that like, well, why am I never thinking of the upside? Why do I always think of the, the worst thing first? Um, and one thing I've started to realize, though, is that it's okay to have the thought. The thought is different than the action. Um, and just because I have that thought first, maybe I have to work a little bit harder to see the upside in things. Um, just in certain decisions, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, the upside in life or whatever. It's like, it could just be, like, the upside in choosing to start a membership. Like, being able to focus more on that upside and take action on that and have trust in myself um, and not have to worry about, you know, what are the chances that this fails or doesn't work. It's just like trusting that that process. Um, I would say nowadays I operate a lot more from a less emotion, I guess, with, with the action I'm taking and more um, objectiveness of like, hey, like if this does work out, it will be totally worth it. And if it doesn't work out, it's not that big of a deal um, versus I probably used to operate more from if there was even a chance of something going wrong, I would never say yes to it or would not even want to do it. And if I did do it, would have a bad attitude about it. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that's a lot. That's something that holds back a lot of people, whether they admit it or not. Just uh, not doing something that inherently that they want to do because of the probability of it going wrong, or of them not being able to see it going right in their head. Because like we, yeah. nobody really knows what's going to happen when you do anything. Like. I could yeah. go out to my car. I don't know if it's going to start. It might just not today. You don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, no. It's well, it's funny cuz we uh I think people kind of operate from that standpoint of how things are how things norm like normally work was how they're always going to work. Um which just isn't true. I mean, it's even like from an entrepreneur standpoint, I mean like the whole idea of like a job security and another job. And of course there are some fields that are going to be more secure than others, but I like to use like my, my hometown is a great example cuz there was this huge factory in my hometown that was like bumping, you know, it was like the main thing um, for, you know, weeks or for, for like years and years and years, like for like 50 some years, right? Like everyone worked there and then one day it just shut down and like everyone lost their job, right? And so it's, it's one of those things where you're, nothing is guaranteed, so you might as well, I'm, I, I probably come from the standpoint of you might as well do the things that excite you and, um, give you the best opportunity to be happy um, because no matter what, there's always going to be that risk of something not working out. We're totally on the same page there. Um, who are three people that you look up to in the fitness industry or even not even in the fitness industry, just in life in general? Mm, three people. Um, I'll try to spread it out a little bit. I would say one of the, one of the people I look up to the most right now um, is Elon Musk. Uh, which is probably a cop-out answer for a lot of people. Not even from the standpoint of, like, I want to be like him, because I do not, like, want his... I just think that his, like, refusal of, like, saying things, of, like, letting things not work, or, um, like, I like how he challenges the impossible so much, because 
like as soon as something becomes impossible, people just write it off. But it's like, well, what's to say this is impossible, right? Like, have we actually proven that it's impossible, or do we just assume because that thing's impossible and this thing's impossible that these things together must also be impossible, right? Uh, so I think I, re I really do look up to him. Um, um, in the fitness industry, there's a ton. I'll say one of the guys I really look up to a lot is um, Lane Norton. Uh, I look up to him a, a lot, um, mostly because – there's not a lot of like research, like scientists and researchers who one walk the walk, but then also will fight for things, but is it, and he's definitely got like a, you know, you can tell he's very masculine, got a big, like, you know, if I'm right, I'm going to come at you mentality, but I never think that he ever, he never like turns to like, like belittling someone's, belief in something like i feel like he like like he's been known to like change his opinion on things based on like what is actually presented to him um just a huge characteristic i think being able to like change your mind is a huge characteristic i think he's gonna do in that and then another guy um ties into uh him is joe rogan uh like the joe rogan podcast mostly and you probably that's probably one of your guys too i would guess or yep. at least um in that world just because of the fact that he makes you uh, – he's similar in that now he has some things. Like with fitness specifically, he's got some woo-woo uh, mentality around some stuff. But in general, he doesn't – I feel like I'm him. Like, you know, you feel like you're, you're Joe Rogan every time he brings in these experts in certain fields. And, like, he asks, like, good questions and is, like, actually curious which I think is a, a, a good trait to have. Because most people, I think, when they're asking questions are just trying to look good when they ask yeah. the questions. Yeah. Where he's legitimately curious and will say something dumb, but like doesn't care because he's trying to get to like the root of the answer. So those are three probably, uh, probably big ones right now. That's an awesome way to put it too. It's just like, don't be afraid to say something dumb because if you don't, you're not going to learn anything new. Yeah. Like, I, I could like... It could be confirmation bias all day long where I'm just trying to say what I think is right and trying to get it come come out of your mouth. But yeah. I won't uh, I won't be able to prove myself wrong or to learn or to adapt or to change my mind because I won't be asking for the questions from you mm -hmm. that I need. Yeah. Um, so what what is advice that you would give to to your younger self like let let's think about the most naive most inexperienced version of you that you can think of and the advice that you'd give or would you just walk away and not give any advice at all and just like play the cards where they lie yeah i'm 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 pretty doctor who in this uh, i don't know if you've ever seen that i'm yeah. pretty uh timey-wimey type of guy where I, I i don't think there's anything i would have said especially if it's going to change like the outcome of of what i do because i think it's it's everyone has those lessons you know and there were things that happened to me that if they wouldn't have happened that way then um i couldn't have gotten to where i am right now and and, and i could be you know above that and then like and then the same i'd probably say the same thing 10 years from now um, because it, you, you got me to where I was. And so I, I think if, it, if I did have to say something, though, I think it would just be to trust your intuition more um, and, like, trust that, like, you, you, like, trust that you're right with your intuition because that's probably something I always question, like, am I really right or do I just think I'm right? And I almost get too far into my head and I think, like, is this actually – it's so maybe just trusting my intuition more, but outside of that, I probably wouldn't mess with that at all because I, yeah. I don't want my, my pictures uh, disappearing in, like, uh, like my image disappearing in pictures like back to the future.
No regrets, Something. not even a yeah. single letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. So as far as intuition goes, because I love that, like I love like uh, actually listening to your gut and like following that that feeling that you have. What are some moments that kind of stand out to you where you've actually done it and it's paid off and you you remember it? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things for me was that move to Florida um, I, I mentioned earlier. Because doing that required me to drop out of college. I had a full like scholarship, and I was going to lose the scholarship by by dropping out. Um, required me to move literally across the country, you know, to the other to the south side of the country. I live on the northern side. Um, to move in with people who I didn't know, um, and to, to just do this thing that I knew nothing about. And but but it felt so right to do it that I couldn't even really, it's funny, like that was probably one of the only moments where my intuition was like so strong that I didn't even question not doing it. Um, And so I'm glad that I did it because it's what propelled me to like get to where I'm at now. Um, So I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things because it logically, if you were to look at it, it would have made a lot more sense to um, stay in in school where where I was and to finish out. Cause I was like in this first semester of my junior year. Uh, so I had like basically like three more semesters before I would have graduated. Um, and so I, that, that, that probably is one of the biggest ones that can come to mind. I got a good question for you. Cause you say logically yeah. it would have made sense, but I'm thinking about you and the things that you care about and how you're wired. Mm-hmm. Would it have logically made sense to be less happy or would it logically make more sense to feel more fulfilled and follow that intuition? Like, I'm, I'm, I mm-hmm. guess I'm testing you. Like sometimes it's good to, to second guess what you think is right. And whether that's based on yourself or based on what you think other people think are right. No, exactly. That's where I think based on what, if I were to have polled a hundred people, I guarantee like 80% of the people would have said stay in school for at least the three semesters, Carter, don't drop. You're going to lose your scholarship. And if you come back to school after this, you're gonna have to start paying for it again, um, and that was kind of my downfall. My back, or like, by like, I would be fine if I would just have to come back and have to pay for college. It was my mindset. But like, I think for a lot of people, they would have looked at that as you're so close to being done. It's not like I'm just about to go to university. It's like you're over halfway done. Like, why would you drop out and waste all that time and undo that hard work to go about so i think logically people would say that but internally i had already known that you know i would rather fail at this and and know that i tried than to you know have to always question what if for literally the rest of my life about it and i know i and like and i'm thinking on it now like i would have 100 like been saying what if what if what if if i wouldn't have done it yeah so it's just a good reminder for people to kind of like stick to their guns don't worry about what the the peanut gallery says just worry about what you want and 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 on that note i think this is really important for some people who are afraid to take action on things is maybe for that person maybe for you it is important it is good to play because this is what i do because because i'm naturally thinking about like what could go wrong whenever i do play the game it's the worst that could happen and i'm being honest with myself sometimes that helps me make the more optimistic choice um, because, and I looked at that scenario, what is legitimately the worst thing that could happen? Like I have to end up paying, um, getting more student loans that I'll have to pay off into the future. Like, is that, is, is that risk worth it? Is it worth like taking this opportunity to, to like do something that I've always wanted to do? Um, 
And and so I think that's the, and and I think a lot of times the the worst case scenario people create in their minds is not like it's never as bad as you realize. Like it's never as um, you know horrible. It's not like you're going to end up like in a ditch. If you choose to do this, you're just not going to. Nothing's going to work, and you're going to end up in a ditch, right? I mean, if you're like a person who's like willing, to, and you can get a job, right? You can work at a fast food place, get back into school, take out your loans, upgrade, try to get a job on university, right? Um, there's you, if you actually need to, you can get yourself back up on your feet. Um, and so I think just really analyze it and be like, you know, is the worst case scenario really as bad as you think? And is this opportunity worth it enough? Because you're going to be fine no matter what, if you keep putting effort into life. That's so true. When it comes down to like, uh, honing your craft and continuing education and just like learning to better yourself, what, what is your strategy? Do you do books? Do you do uh, audiobooks, podcasts, seminars? Do you learn from mm. specific people? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a big book person. Um, I'm a big like like reader. Um, I, I'm not as much into like um, I I do like podcasts, um, but I'm not as much into audiobooks. Um, I can't pay attention. Um, if I'm like driving, maybe I could, but like generally throughout the day, like I'm just not really listening to podcasts because I'll do something else and I can't like my, my attention can't be split because I can't focus on anything. So, um, yeah, no, for me, it really is. It goes back to like the scheduling thing of I put in time every day for further education for myself, whether it's in, you know, you get to the point with like fitness and nutrition where like I'm not going to be learning anything. Like there's, there's so much more you can learn. Right. And then now, and now it's to the point, you get to the point where it's just like, okay, now choose your religion, right. Choose your food religion because everyone's got the best, you know, approach to, to fitness and nutrition once you get yeah. to a certain point. Um, and so like once they, for me, it's a lot of just like self-development growth. Um, and like right now, one of the things I'm really into is like relationships. And so like I will set time aside each day, um, to both read about that and to engage more into it. And um, so, for example, like last night, I um, got dinner. It would have been easy for me to like say, "Hey, I'm not, hey, I got busy tonight. Can't grab dinner. Sorry." But like, I put time into my schedule to grab dinner with a friend who I haven't talked to in a while. Which normally I wouldn't do that. I'm more of an introverted person. I would just skip it, right? Um, but like, I was like, I'm working on relationships. I want to get better at like having stronger relationships. And so not only have I read about them more, but now I'm like actively trying to do that and, and plan those things into my, into my schedule. And so, um, that's how I make it happen is I just, I make sure if it's like, it always comes back to my schedule because time is your most precious commodity. And, and what you spend that time doing is what's going to determine the outcome. And so if you, something's going to be a priority and you want to, um, you know, make it something that is important in your life, you need to set aside time for it. It's so true. And I like that you talked about the relationships aspect, especially like when it comes down to like friendships and everything, like just that social interaction and making it stronger mm -hmm. and deeper connection. It's kind of something that I'm working on myself too, because like as, as a fit pro, like I know how to work. I know how to like yeah. bury myself in projects and crush out a bunch of podcasts, read a bunch of books, train clients. Like, but sometimes I step away from that whole, like, okay, like just time to stop, smell the roses and just go bowling with a pal or something like that. Yeah. Just like go for a hike. Yeah. Um, did you ever have a moment in your career where you you had that holy shit moment where you just had to just stop and, and live a little bit? Not for it's, it's like last year of like uh, dating Kalen uh, because it was the first time that my like work's ever been challenged. And um, 
I think that it probably, ha I'm trying to think of the specific situations. Um, we're both pretty good at like managing our time, which is why it's not, I never catch myself in the situation where like I'm not fulfilling my duty in certain areas because of work. Um, normally it's like planned, but uh, whenever we were on vacation, so we were in Jamaica um, at this resort and every day I was waking up to, to do like client work, um, which was planned and it was there. But like throughout the day, I, I remember the first day I was thinking through like, ooh, should I go check to see if I have more check-ins and should I answer those? And like I realized in that moment, like I'm allowed to, um, you know, lack of a better term here, check out, right? I'm allowed to not have to look at these emails. Um, you know, I did what I needed to do today and I can just be present in the moment. Um, so that was probably the first time that like I started to realize like, okay, wait a minute, like you need to like once things are done, like, and you go into fun mode, like you can stay in fun mode. You don't have to stress about not being in there. So, yeah. Well, I think that's important because like work ethic and all those things kind of take us out of fun mode and it's really mm -hmm. easy to not be in fun mode, but it's not necessarily the most healthy way to, uh, allow fun mode to be tampered with in that way. Yeah, no, for sure. You're, you're hundred percent right. When it comes down to, uh, just, you're, you're a fairly popular person. Like you could probably be recognized at like, especially a fitness event per se. Mm -hmm. Um, how, like for, for our audience sake, what is your like social media following roughly? Um, honestly, I would say a large portion of it is on Instagram. Um, I would probably say across like all channels of things, like probably like, like, like 500,000. Um, I would say it's probably an average number like if you're looking at email and like instagram and blogs like visits and, and all that so and so just by general formula of internet you probably have some trolls am i yeah. right so how how do you I deal do have with some, trolls yeah, i you know i i actually don't get a lot of hate um and i think there's actually two this is i just had this conversation with someone recently because i feel like a lot of people are always dealing with like trolls and haters and stuff. So I think for me, one has always been because my information is so balanced um, and like I don't push an agenda, uh, I don't get very many people who are trying to fight what I'm saying, who are in the other camp, right? Uh, because if somebody comments and says something like, well, I'm like vegetarian and, and like that's what works best for me, I'll be like, that's awesome. Yeah. And give them a thumbs up, right? Uh, the second is, and, and I'm not very, like, I have, like, a big following, but I always say that, like, my Instagram is almost like a glorified, like, modern-day blog more than anything else because it's my name, but, like, I don't really talk about myself as much. Um, I'll, like, use myself to connect in the stories, talk about content or certain uh, topics, but, like, it's not, like, day in the life of Carter. Let's go grocery shopping with me. Let's go do these things. Um, and so I think, like, that is a way to where I don't really build up a lot of haters because, like, there's not a lot of things for people to like pick sides on about me. Um, but I have dealt with haters. And so like for, for me, it was after the first, I think the first, I posted about keto one time and that got a lot of attention and it got like a whole like band of people coming in to like bash me. And I spent about 20 minutes like responding, trying to like make a logical argument, have a logical argument with somebody about things. And in that moment was the first time I realized you're not going to win an argument on the internet. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to change someone's opinion, especially with something so emotional as um, living a certain diet lifestyle. And, and so I think the more I realized, you know, arguing with them isn't going to do anything. Um, 
that and so like if you see it you recognize it it's not and it's not even them like trying to hurt you it's them trying to solidify their own belief uh for themselves and so i will just like drop like drop my comment and then like that's my i have to take peace with it right like that's that's it all right this is my response and i don't i don't even normally check their response right and if i get like a hateful dm which is like super rare i just immediately immediately delete it because I know that none of these things have anything to do with me. They're just reflections of that person's opinion or the negativity that they have in their life. And then to flip the perspective, because you have such an influence on people, what's a moment that you came across where you had an impact on somebody without even like you had an effortless impact on somebody? Like sometimes we put out these posts or we just we say one thing and it was like, a big moment for somebody and, and it completely changed the way that they, that they lived their life. Can you reflect on one of them? Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I get those, I've, you know, I've gotten messages before where people say, Hey, you'll know who I am. But like, I started following you like a year ago and I've lost like 85 pounds. Um, you said this thing. And so I can't, like, there's nothing super specific. Um, I do think though that like one thing that has been really impactful for a lot of people is, sort of the, uh, the one of the the ways i explain like the difference between like good and bad foods and then and talking about like more nutritious and less nutritious um and and coming at it with a more uh gray um perspective versus like this black and white perspective uh i think anytime i share information that is furthering that you know creating responsibility around yes you want to be more towards the good than the quote-unquote bad but like making like like having people realize that just because you eat this does not mean that this is a bad thing um it's just not an optimal thing and so maybe you shouldn't only eat donuts right maybe you shouldn't only and i think that's probably been one of the biggest thing that's helped a lot of people has just it's just like eliminating the guilt of thinking that if i eat a certain way i'm being bad and if i eat a certain way i'm being good and and kind of you know riding that teeter-totter back and forth I I just love how we can make it so attainable for people by creating different ways of seeing it or articulating in a different way that's just easier to absorb. Like sometimes uh, when material is just more complicated or when it's almost too systemized, it almost makes it out of reach for some people that just just want to make one little positive change for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I agree with you completely. It's almost like paralysis by analysis, too. And they don't they don't have any self-belief because they feel like it's such a large mountain to tackle. They're not even going to try to start, you know, getting to the first checkpoint of, of the hike. Absolutely. So when it comes to life in general, what what makes you the happiest and what's your strategy going forward to put more of that into your life? Man, I, I feel like I've used this as my cop-out answer three times. I think honestly managing my time, like being in control of it because I've only, I only get upset with things when I feel like I'm being forced to like do certain things that I don't see any purpose in doing. Um, and, and granted, I know people are going to have jobs that they don't have control over, but I even, but then like, I even fight back on that a little bit. And I know that like, I don't get to be the, like, I'm not there. I'm not in their shoes. And so I'll get, I get like flat, like lashbacks for saying like, you don't understand what it's like. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. But I also think that even in these situations, you do have control over, certain things and like if situations are bad you can like communicate those bad situations and um i just think the more that you can get in control of your 
schedule, the more you can get in control of your time, even if that means like knowing, hey, I know that I have to go to work at this time, but I'm okay with it because like I mentally am a lot, I mean, I've chosen this job and I've chosen to work. So I'm going to go to this thing and do it um, and just have that more ownership. Like for me, at least that, that makes me the happiest because then I can schedule to do the things that I know make me happy. But like at the end of a, of a day, when I know that like I've done all the things that I know I needed to do for that day, like that is one of the greatest feelings for me. Um, it's just that feeling of like, okay, I checked all those boxes that I needed to check today and I just feel great about it. And so that, that's me. I think happiness for me is always about like, uh, just making progress um, in, in, in different areas and being intentional about it and being able to look back and be like proud of the progress and not feel like I'm constantly being uh, torn in different directions and what's keeping me from moving forward the way I want. I totally get that. Um, with with your day-to-day, what are things that you need in your life outside of work that uh, mm-hmm. that's a box that you need to check that make you feel better about that day? I would say... Um, Definitely uh, the, the period in the morning before I start working, um, whenever I'm like reading and journaling, um, I just love that reflection time because it, it does help set up the day and like set up the night. Uh, I also, I think that you, you tie that in though perfectly or take that same activity and put it at night too. Um, I just like to sandwich my days with me time where things can calm down, like either slowly ramp up and then slowly ramp down and, and calm down for the day. Yeah, for me, those that's my big thing, uh, because like I mean, some days I'm going out to eat with people for uh, and having a, a conversation with them. Some days I'll be having like more podcasts like this. Um, some days, uh, uh, going something when I know that I have these consistency uh, uh, or this consistency around um, my self development that I know is like what I love most to do. Then you know the day the day is going to be a good day. So for the year 2020, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's something hmm. that you just really want to accomplish this year that's like kind of out of reach, but you're going to do it yeah. anyway? I think for this year, it's getting my membership um, to a minimum of 2,000 members, um, which doesn't, I mean, like it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for sure. I mean, people might hear, don't you have a half a million followers? Isn't that like a lot of members? It's, it's actually a lot of members, but for me, I, I think that like the way that I'm going about it, um, the way I'm creating it is I think it's an opportunity to create something that is as impactful as one-on-one coaching without a lot of the fluff um, that comes with one-on-one coaching. Um, and, 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 you know, one-on-one coaching is great for specific things, but for general population people that I work with, it gets to the point where like once the information is there, it's really about support and accountability and having like a strong uh framework and group around you and so that's my big goal for for this year because getting to that point will um one you make me super happy about this thing i've created uh but also free up a lot of my own time because i'm now not doing as many one-on-one check-ins with 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 clients so from a business standpoint it frees up a lot of time for me um to to do that and i think another, another personal uh kind of goal i have for this year and i've actually already started it is to get a lot more um, into investing into um, other areas. So like one thing I'm doing is uh, getting a lot more in the real estate. Um, not trying to like become like, you know, Grant Cardone or like a Donald Trump, like real estate mogul dudes, but like just like getting more into other things outside of fitness because I do fitness for myself. I do fitness for my business. Um, I talk a lot about fitness. And so just doing other things that I think are fun and cool uh, that are kind of, 
you know, growing me and, and, and moving me forward. So diversification, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of people benefit from that because um, there's applications from other industries that we can always cross over to the industry mm-hmm. that we're in. And also it's just that we don't know what, what the future holds. We don't know like um, how, how our intuition, how our intuition is going to guide us in the future. Like, Maybe yeah. ten years from now you'll be done with fitness. Maybe I'll be done with fitness. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just being like cognizant of that, right, and not having all my eggs in like one basket because I would hate to be in a situation where I resented fitness coaching, right? I can never imagine me getting to that point. But like, never like you said, you know, maybe ten years from now I don't like it anymore, and it's like stressing me out. But I have to keep doing it because it's how I put all my time into. So yeah, that that's kind of my my goal though. But that's kind of part of this membership is like getting to where I'm still heavily involved, but there's a lot more uh, ability for other people to add value to. It's not just like me behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, and something else that like you kind of reminded me of, and it's like. It's a concept that I I heard from my pal, Andrew Coates, and he was talking about it on a podcast that he showed up on. And it was just like that whole like idea of everybody's battling in the Red Sea. I think he got this from a book or something. So if I'm misquoting Mm -hmm. somebody, but we're Mm -hmm. battling in like that 20% of like super saturated market of people that are already, uh, they already have their their fitness guidance. They already have somebody showing them the ropes, but we're ignoring like the 80% or the 70%, whatever it is in our region of people that have no guidance, no yeah. direction, no idea what they're doing, no hope, no no intuition, no confidence towards that thing. And so any way that one of us gets more efficient or gets better at communicating to their audience is a great way. Like yeah. um as much as like I I hope that people that listen to this are inspired and I I hope that like maybe the odd one will be like, oh, yeah, like Carter Good is a good fit for me. I want to be mm-hmm. one of his 2,000 people because then we shrink that uh, that large blue sea, that 70% of people that they need help, they need guidance, yeah. and they just haven't found it yet because each of us, there's something unique about each of us that lines up with, with all these different human beings. There's like millions of people out there who all need yeah. help. Yeah, and I think that that's... Anytime anyone ever tells me like fitness is oversaturated and I'm just like, okay, this sounds, it's like, it, that's like, that's like walking into like a, like a bowling alley and like being like, man, there's just like way too many people bowling here. I'm like, yeah, of course you're in the freaking bowling alley. It's and it's the same thing with fitness. It's like, wow, there's yeah, because you're going to people who are talking about fitness because you talk about fitness. And so you're going to see these similar hashtags. So yeah. I, whoever had that quote, but Andrew is spot on with that, where um, saying that there's plenty of fish in the sea. There's, there's enough for, for any fitness coach who's, who's out here doing it. Now, I do agree. I do think that there is value in separating yourself a bit. And, and, but I think, though, that the more that you talk, you, the more you embrace your own beliefs, though, you will kind of create that separation. And that's something that I've done a lot of recently, even. It's like, for me, it's like getting away from, I don't really care as much now about like, yeah, certain science will say certain things about certain things, but like, I'll sit back and say, what's the point? Like, that's not really that important. Like, I don't really care about, you know, I don't care about the, the muscle hypertrophy difference between the squat and the hip thrust because people are arguing right now, like which one activates the glutes more. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It's like, which one is the first thing to do more of? Which one are you going to enjoy? Right? Like, why not do both? It's one of those things where I'm definitely more of like, a, I'm a minimalist. Um, I like to, 
really find the few things that work really, really well and just go all in on those. Um, and so that's kind of what my content's turned into. And it's actually kind of stationed me as like, now people look at me as the simple fitness person. Um, and, and I kind of intentionally did that because I actually do think fitness should be simple, right? I'm not worried about optimization. I'm worried about what's consistent, what's, what's like going to help you get lean and healthy, but also let you love your life and live your life. Right. So. Well, it's, it's so true. Cause if somebody wants to dive down the rabbit hole of something, they're going to find it. They're going to look for yeah. it. But if they're looking at us, if they're following our stuff, if they're listening to podcasts that you appear on, they, mm -hmm. they kind of know what they're getting and they just want more exactly. of it. Like that's, that's why they're there. Yeah. Um, so I have a final question to sort of wrap this up. Uh, if you could give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most true to themselves kind of way, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. I would say journal and self audit. Um, and be someone because there's a, there's a, we talked a lot about trusting your intuition, which is really, really important. But I also think that it's important to audit yourself too and think through, am I thinking logically about certain things? Um, and one of the things I love about journaling um, and like one of the journals I love just for people who are listening, it's a five minute journal. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's a, it takes five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. And after you buy the journal once, you could just write those questions down for yourself. You don't even need to buy the journal again. Um, but I think the more that you can like reflect on your life and where you're going is going to be important because that's what's going to set you up to make the choices moving forward that are going to be more in line with what you want to do. Because people get lost, right? That's why people wake up at 40 and are like, holy shit, how did I get to this point? All right, because they just went from one thing to the next, with the next, with no intention. They never really thought about what they're doing and why they're doing it, if they really want to do it. Um, and so I'd say reflection uh, because you, you got to trust your, like, trust your intuition, but definitely also reflect on it too because things can change and be okay with that. Uh, don't just do something just because you've always done it that way. Um, and so journaling, journaling, I guess would be just my, the simple, right. The simple answer of all the things I just said, uh, just to create self-awareness and this to create like self-reflection. That was a great answer. So I'd like to thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Awesome. man! I've enjoyed it. This is awesome. Definitely not a, we hopped right into it. You just started asking questions like rapid fire. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Thank you for supporting the Lifestyle Chase. If you enjoyed my episode with Carter Good, I encourage you to go check out my episodes with Jordan Syatt, Jill Coleman, Austin Current, Dean Somerset. You can check out uh, my pals Dean Guido and Andrew Coates, who have both also appeared on the podcast and have both also had conversations with Carter Good, which you may have heard on the Fitness Devil podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Tag me at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase on Instagram and, of course, at Carter Good. And let us know what you liked or just give us a shout out because it helps us to spread our message and helps us to just, like, talk more to more people. It's kind of like scaling our talking. Like, we, we only have one mouth. We, we can only talk to one person at a time. So if you help us, then we can talk to, like, three people at once, you know? Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Go give somebody a high five today.